Avlana Eisenberg and Celeste Headley, granddaughter of William Grant Still, it's great to have you both on All Classical. Thanks so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Avlana, is this the first time that you've collaborated with Celeste or the Still family on a recording? It is, it is. It must be very exciting because this particular release, which is one of several by Naxos, touts several world premiere recordings. Yes, they're all world premiere orchestral recordings, which is both exhilarating and also sobering to realize that here we are in 2022 and, and these are by no means outtakes. These each is a gem in and of itself. And yet this is the first time that they're seeing the light of day in this context. So it's, it's incredibly exciting. And I want to welcome Celeste Headley to the conversation. Celeste, you are the granddaughter of William Grant Still. Yes, thank you. Thanks for having me. And your mother, please remind me. Judith Ann Still. I've long been a fan of Still's music and also of his accomplishments at a time when I imagine that that must have been very trying and extremely difficult. Thank you. Yeah, you know, it's never easy to be the first of anything. Uh, you know, every time we look at the lives of pioneers in any field, uh, their lives are a story of st struggle. And that was certainly true for him. I mean, he was... Um, not the first black American composer, but he was one of the, f he was the first to really make the kind of inroads that he made. Um, and so, you know, he was constantly going into places uh, where he wasn't welcomed. So, yeah, he had it tough. He opened doors for other people and sometimes opening those doors was uh, painful. Um, but at the same time, seeing somebody who went through what he went through and accomplished what he did, it is inspirational, right? I mean, it, it is nice to see somebody overcome the kind of challenges that he did. I mean, this is a guy who was born in 1895. He was the first in our family born outside the shadow of slavery. So to go from that to having an opera premiered with Langston Hughes at the New York City Center, that's, that's inspirational. Now, Celeste, are you a musician yourself? Do you work in the fields of music or the arts? I am. I have um, bachelor's and master's in vocal performance. And um, pre-pandemic was still performing professionally. That's kind of been a little spanner in the works lately. But yeah, I have uh, been a, pro a professional musician for most of my adult life. Great. Avlana, as conductor of the recording, leading the Royal Scottish National Orchestra, you have included your own family member, Zena Schiff, the violinist. Yes, well, credit where credit is due. So Zena introduced me to William Grant Still's music when back in the mid-90s, she was sent some of his short pieces as she was looking for works to include on an All-American album. And she immediately fell in love with these six pieces, decided to learn and include all of them. And in fact, the title of that CD is Here's One, and that was one of Still's pieces. And that wet her appetite um, and I think actually kind of laid the groundwork for this project um, as she started learning more of his violin works and then when we discovered that there were orchestral transcriptions for many of these violin works we started talking about doing an orchestral CD and since there was only enough violin works to to cover half of the CD then that's where I started looking at a range of orchestral works to round out the album. Avlana, talk first about those works that you sought out by William Grant Still. 
to make this a well-rounded and complete program. Sure. So I was sent by, there was, there was a man who actually produced uh, the CD that Zena did in the 90s, Dana Perna, who had contact with, the, with Still's family estate and would send me music. And it ranged from this 51-second fanfare, which is included on the CD, to Threnody, which is this incredibly poignant, haunting work commemorating the composer Sibelius, to Still's opus number one for orchestra, his very first piece. And I was struck immediately by the variety and by the emotional range. And so it was very easy to put together a CD of contrasting works um, because there was such richness. And I was, I was just struck by this range and by how fresh these pieces were and also how very accessible they would be. Celeste, how did it feel coming out of the recording sessions, being able to hear the music, music that maybe you had never heard before by your own grandfather? So I didn't get involved until after the CD was done. Um, but uh, I have since listened to it start to finish several times. Um, and, you know, I definitely had never heard um, The American Suite, that very first piece he wrote. He was very young at the time. I think he was maybe 23. Um, and, you know, the thing for me is like, he's always himself. Like even at that young age when so, I mean, think about yourself at 23 and how much you were trying to impress other people and how you were trying, trying on different identities. Oh, today I'm going to be cool and aloof and tomorrow I'm going to be super engaged. Right. And yet I listened to this piece he wrote as a very, very young man and he's still himself. Um, his voice speaks so clearly through his music. You know, he took the, the act of writing music really seriously. Um, even, you know, when I knew him, he would, he would get up in the mornings and he would put on a three-piece suit with wingtips and a vest and to go into his own room in his house to write music. Like, he took it very seriously. Um, and so that's sort of what I thought of as I was listening to that, that piece, which I had never heard before. It's a true, it's a joy to, to hear it. Talking about the American Suite here, which is a three-movement suite, uh, the first movement is called Indian Love Song. Uh, by the way, this is from 1918 for our listeners. And uh, the next one is called Dance. He actually gives it the French form of the word dance. And then Lament is the third movement. Is there anything known about the movement's of this piece? Did he leave anything behind to indicate what these movements each represent? Um, I don't remember that. If so, it would be in the thematic catalog I, I wrote, and I don't have that in front of me. I mean, we're talking about a, a time in his life. In 1918 is when he joined the U.S. Navy to serve in World War I. Um, so that would be about the time that he was writing this. And the character of the of America would be very much on his mind. But at the same time, he wasn't allowed to serve in, in the Navy because black people were not allowed to. He was uh, assigned to be a mess attendant. 
um, in the Navy. And then they, the officers found out he could play violin. And so they had him play violin for them whenever they were at eating dinner. So America in all of its glory and gloom was probably very much on his mind. And he was a very optimistic person. I can only imagine he was optimistic when I knew him. I can only imagine that was equally true when he was 23 years old. Um, but you know, he, this is a, a young man who has just left college recently gotten married and in i think 1915 is when he got married to his first wife and beginning his life and in a world at, at war avlana in conducting this music did you find uh, i would speak for myself because i've been listening to stills music for many years did you find that there is a william grant still sound or signature traits in the music that make you say Yes, that's Stills music that I'm hearing. So one of the uniting features that I found in preparing for this album was just this raw emotional honesty. So it's not a particular stylistic or motivic aspect because he runs the gamut as far as how he uses the different orchestral instruments, the kinds of melodic material, um, but there's always something that just grabs onto you. And I think part of it is his use of and focus on melody at a time when that was not trendy, that was not of fashion, and yet he, was so just so so purely expressive um not seeming to need to fit into any particular box and there's something about that genuineness that raw expressivity that i think translates and is part of what makes his music so compelling and so accessible uh, but also allows him to write music in such a broad array of styles and for such different groups of instruments. Celeste, would it be accurate to say, because of this broad range of styles, that even though Still was concerned about being a voice for Black Americans, that he wasn't always writing from that point of view, that artistically sometimes it was just about writing music for an occasion or different means of expression? Yeah, he, I, he really resisted attempts to um, pigeonhole him. He was perfectly happy to write music, the music of his his own people, but he 
he gathered from uh, folk music traditions all over the Americas, not just America. Uh, and he wrote pure what we think of as art music, impressionistic music. He wanted to write the music that was in his heart. You know, there were a few things stylistically, I think, that tie it together in addition to what Avlana said. Number one, he didn't he didn't um, believe in exact repetitions. Um, so you won't see a huge number, except in the pop music that he wrote, you won't see repeat signs in his music. There's always some difference in the second iteration of what that it is. He also didn't believe in excess. Um, and so in all due respect to Mahler, um, there is no three hour piece, right? Like he believed in, in saying what you need to say and getting out. Um, so he wasn't interested in these long sort of, he would have thought it was egotistical to, to sort of, uh, lounge in his own genius and and just go on and on and on that's one of the things he would have thought would be excessive and sort of overly luxurious you know you'll see i think avlana was saying that the the fanfare is what how many seconds 51 51 seconds that's classic william grant still absolutely classic he was succinct and to the point um and you'll hear blues notes in a lot of his uh, his works as well. These the the slightly sour notes that we uh, that we associate with with blues, even in pieces where we don't necessarily suspect them. In in all of the melody that you hear of grandfather's music, it sometimes can be surprising to see how uh, tonally and harmonically complicated the underlying structure is. It sounds so accessible. It sounds like Gershwin, and yet when you actually look, when you have to graph that like I had to do so for so many of my music classes it's it's tough man he he was complicated um so yeah he wrote absolutely for pure enjoyment for the sake of beautiful music for reaching people on an emotional level and sometimes that meant some relatively complicated harmonics About the same question for both Avlana Eisenberg, our conductor, and Celeste Headley. Um, of this recording, is there anything that you would each like to share with the audience that you would want us to be listening for or you consider important? And I'll ask Avlana first. It's, it's hard. I mean, I think there, there's so much richness associated with each piece. Each piece has its own story, its own set of moods, its own soundscape. And... I would just encourage listeners to, as Celeste mentioned, to, to listen to the recording from start to finish to get a true sense of, and obviously it's not exclusive, right? There are many, many other works that we couldn't include on this album, but you'll get a very broad sense of range. And I think that in thinking about the output of William Grant Still, that's so important. His first symphony was performed so widely, both during his lifetime and since, but so much of his output has been neglected. And one of the things I'm so proud of about this recording is the extent to which 
in 13 tracks, I think that we at least start the project of exposing listeners to a broader array of his depth, of his melodic genius, of the harmonic uh, richness that Celeste mentioned, uh, and just this broad swath of moods and emotion. Um, it's all, it's so personal, it's so from the heart, and, uh, and I just hope listeners enjoy it as much as we enjoyed the process of, of bringing this to fruition. And Celeste, as the composer's granddaughter, who has obviously done a lot of deep research into Stills' music, what do you want to share with listeners about him or the music? Um, my grandfather believed that music was the universal language. Um, he was never not aware of the deep racism in this country that prevented him from being as well known at this time as he should have been. Um, he believed that music could reach people on a level that rose above race or class. Um, and I, I would just ask people to open their hearts to this music that is that is speaking directly to your heart. Um, be open to it and ask yourself, why haven't I heard of this composer before? What could be the possible reason why we have this incredibly talented and skilled composer um, and I haven't heard of him before? Because I feel like the music speaks for itself. Thank you both, Celeste Headley, granddaughter of William Grant Still and conductor of Lana Eisenberg, conductor of the Royal Scottish National Orchestra in this new recording of Still's music. As music director here at All Classical Portland, I have to say I'm very excited to be able to share several new pieces with our listeners, as well as new recordings of pieces that we all know and love. My pleasure. Thanks, John. Thank you so much. Thank you both.